have some big shoes to fill tonight, everyone. This is the Catfish and Ice Podcast, episode 59. And if you know the number 59, you know that it represents a great player of this organization, and that is Roman Yossi and the Catfish and Ice Podcast. We are episode 59 now, so we have some big shoes to fill. We have to have a great episode. We're going to have a great episode to represent young Roman Yossi. This is yep. Chad Mitten, your host, with Rich Howe and Colin Bluen, and we have our full crew back together again. We have our guy, Colin Bluen, back. We are happy to have him back. Yep. And Colin, tell us about tell us about what was going on, and we know you're happy <laughs> to be back on the podcast. Yeah, it's, it's good to be back. I'm glad to be talking to hockey again. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a crazy week. Uh, I found out I had to have my... Uh, I didn't really have a choice. I had to get my wisdom teeth out. Um, I had to at least get one out. And when they do one, they say, might as well do all four. I think you get a discount that way too. So I had to go through that. My face <laughs> yeah, was swollen yeah. last week. That was actually last Monday. So I didn't have a voice at all. And I had gauze, but then my face was swollen the rest of the week. So finally my face is like back to normal. It's, it's I wouldn't say camera ready, but it's camera acceptable. <laughs> um, but it, it's, you know, re- recovering, which is good. We're, we're doing all right. I, I will say I'm a little sad. I'm wearing my Western Conference chance for my son's. I, something about my teams going six games in the finals, but not being able to finish and get that championship. But I'm hungry, and hopefully, that's actually a really nice we'll shirt. That. Though I actually really like the shirt. Yeah. I, I was ha- I was really happy with it. It was kind of a throwback with the orange and purple. But um, yeah. no, it was it was a, it was bittersweet. We had a great season. I mean, it was an incredible run. It's kind of like what's been absorbing my summer has been Suns basketball and then the Preds off season. So well, you know, I'm, ha- I'm I was proud actually, of the Suns. I was actually wondering if you actually got your wisdom tea taken out or if you were just. <laughs> Recovering from the Suns losing, you, you just couldn't be I, on camera. I, I was in I was in Spain and the S is silent, and that went two ways. So it, it was wisdom right. teeth, and it was it was the Suns. But you know, it is what it is. They had a great season. I mean, they 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 outperformed a lot of people's expectations, and so they'll be a contender for a couple of years now. Hopefully, the windows you know pretty hopefully pretty open. But yeah, it was it was it was a, a tough week on multiple fronts. But glad to be recovering. Still on some antibiotics and all that fun stuff, but. Uh, we're on the road to recovery, and I can I can feel my teeth, and my face doesn't, you know, doesn't hurt anymore, which is good. So we're we're on the right track. I'm glad to be back awesome. with you guys. Awesome, yeah, we we're happy you. to have you back. Yeah, for real. Like we are so happy because a lot's happened, as you know. Yes. Uh, it's been a very busy. It's it's really kicked up. The off season is NHL off season never disappoints. Um, and we are we have been moving fast and furious here. And Rich, how are you doing, man? How are you handling? All the stuff that's going on right now when it comes to the Preds, they are very much a team that's in that gray area right now. We don't really know what to think about them. I guess we're going to find out here in the next couple of days, but maybe, it's been crazy maybe so we'll. far. I'm just sad. I'm sad that Colin uh, missed um, your boy, boy, Callie. On the uh, the expansion well, draft. That was, I, still, I still watch the expansion draft. I like yeah. this. Well, that, that was well, a, that, that expansion amazing. draft telecast was kind of a little bit of a train wreck. I'm not going to lie, but we yeah. can make a whole episode out of that. But I do, uh, I do think that it, uh, when it comes to the expansion draft, and we're not going to make a whole segment out of this, but it was uh, one that honestly the Preds couldn't really get out of it without losing someone they cared about, and so that's what happened. Right. We lost Cal Yarncroke, and so here's what we got in store for you for episode 59 of the Catfish and Ice podcast as we have our full crew back together it's awesome and i'm happy to have that and we had the nhl entry draft happen since our last episode and so we have to talk about who the preds took 
They made some really good picks. Fan sentiment is pretty high right now. A lot of people are feeling really good about it. That's awesome to see because this fan base is really hard to please. I'll tell you that. Absolutely. And so uh, they seem pretty happy about it. And I, I share that sentiment with them. I'm pretty happy about it, especially their first couple picks. I'm very happy about it. So we're going to yep. get more in, in deep on that. We're also going to prime you for free agency, which is opening up on Wednesday. So it's right here in front of us. And we've already seen the NHL offseason be crazy. There's already so much that's already happened. If you are a hockey fan and you pull out your phone and you look it up, there's so much happening. If you're if you're offline for like two or three hours, you feel like you're behind. Yeah, I feel like you've yeah, already missed in, out on a lot of stuff. And so, uh, Elliot Friedman. Yeah, Elliot Friedman is a really good follow. But um, <laughs> the go-to. But yeah, so we're gonna react to what's all going on and what's going to what we think might happen, and most importantly what we think the Preds and David Poyle should do when it comes to this free agency period because they got some money to spend. They got some money in that wallet, and they can spend some money. So we're going to talk about that. We'll end it like every episode with some quick hitters, some quick topics. So let's dive in. Of course, we are presented by DraftKings, the number one rated sports book. Of course, we love DraftKings. We'll get into that as well. We'll talk about DraftKings and our sponsor, and we are part of the Hockey Podcast Network. We love the Hockey Podcast Network. We are thrilled to be a part of their network. So many great podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network. So go follow at HockeyPodNet on social media and check out all of their podcasts that they offer. And so let's go ahead and talk about the draft. So the Preds had the 19th pick. Everyone was saying, please don't take a defenseman. <laughs> please, please don't take a defenseman. Yeah, and they definitely. didn't. And they went out and got uh, Fedor Sveshkov, the Russian center who plays a lot of good defense, a really good defensive center out of his uh, Stanger Port, plays tough, plays that style that we know John Hines likes. And so let's go to Colin here. Colin's been out for a little bit, so we're going to let him go full force here and talk about the first uh, the first pick that the Preds made with, with uh, Sveshkov. Yeah, I think Sveshkov is an excellent, an excellent pick for a lot of reasons because I know that there's always those concerns about Russian players. Are they really going to continue and come come through with the actual NHL? Or are they going to stay in the KHL where they could possibly make you know equal money sometimes, especially if you're a Russian-born player? And so that's been a little bit of a concern with him. He put that concern very early to rest. His agent did as well. Uh, he's been learning English leading up to the draft. Actually, he's been learning for the last few years um, because that's how committed he is to playing in the NHL. Uh, and from the you know from the interview with him, he's excited to be a national predator. Uh, I think that yeah. he's someone that really slots into what we're trying to build for the future, but the long-term planning. And we needed that center depth, and I think that we've never really had a true center that plays the two-way like he like he is capable of talent-wise. Uh, we've had some great centers, but nothing that is as talented as he's been, and we've never had a center you know that's taken with this much potential, um, at least on recent years. So that's really exciting. I, you know, I know there's Tomasino, but at the same time, Tomasino right now is built more like a wing than a center. 
Um, I think yeah. that's where we'll probably see him. So Svechkov, if he's ready in the next two to three years, could be a really big contributor on the road. Because um, I think it's more about what we're building towards. I don't think it's necessarily the immediate impact, and I don't think any really any draft pick is unless they're maybe a top five pick. But you know, there's a lot of potential for us, and I think that he's going to be in that potential um, in the next couple of years or so, next two or three years. Uh, once he gets on with his KHL contract and comes over here, and it's exciting. I mean, you look at him; he he is a two way guy. He plays good defense, plays good offense, but he's got some he's got some motor on offense and some scoring prowess too. A lot of people look at two way and think, okay, they're good at those two things, but they're not necessarily great um, at those. And he really, when you watch his tape, he makes smart plays, but then on offense, he can really distribute and he can make things happen. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. What about you, Rich? Yeah, it was a good pick. I was really, like you said earlier, glad they didn't pick a defenseman because I think <laughs> Twitter and Facebook would have imploded. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, gosh. They, yeah, don't even get started on been, that. Yeah, it would have been bad. So ugly. So, yeah, I agree with everything Colin said. I'm glad that they're kind of playing it for the future. Um, you know, he looks like a, a good player, and he's going to actually be playing with uh, Yaroslav Askarov next year, so that's good. Yep. Um, yeah. Get those two guys, and it might work out to where they both come to the Predators at the same time. You never know what'll happen. So um, that that could be pretty cool to get a be both of those guys at the same time. But I like it. I like what they did. I like the direction they're going. I like that they're planning for the future. That's what they should have done last year. But looks like it's all finally coming to fruition. So happy. Yeah. So happy the fact that the fact they went out and got a position of need, they got a center. Yeah. And, and going into the draft, like it was very well known that this draft class is very unproven, unknown. The scouts had a really hard time, you know, making these mock drafts, uh, ranking these uh, these prospects because of COVID. And a lot of leagues got canceled, limited, limited uh, film on a lot of these players. And so it was tough. And so mm-hmm. I'm sure it was harder than ever for these GMs to pick players they were looking for. But one thing I will say going into it was that what the Preds needed and what they were targeting, there were a lot of options. There were mm-hmm. plenty of wingers. There were plenty of centers. There were plenty of offensively skilled players in their scouting reports that could slip to the Preds at their 19th pick. And so when, when they got to their pick, uh, Fedor Sveshkov was around. A lot of people had him as easily – as a steal, a player who probably slipped back further than his talent would maybe, you know, render. And so it's like a great pick. It fills a need. He's mm-hmm. a defensive-minded player that fits John Hines' system. I want to share this uh, scouting report from Elite Prospects, which is one of the top websites that will come up when you look up these prospects. Um, and I just want to read what, what they had to say about him. He's always scanning the ice for threats and options when he's off of the puck, maintaining a detailed mental map of the ice so that he's always prepared for what comes next. He waits for a clear change of possession to move up ice in, in a controlled, supportive fashion. His sense of offensive timing is fantastic, and he has a really great knack for getting open off of the puck. So, what that scouting report screams to me is that this guy can play off of his line mates. Put him with smart players who are skilled, and he will find a way to get open and create scoring chances. I can go ahead and tell you that the Preds have always lacked in players like that. So, Especially at center. Yeah. Yes. 
and the fact that he's a centerman, oh my gosh, sign me up for that. So if you're talking about filling needs in a draft and we, we get it NHL draft, it's not an immediate fix. No one's saying this guy's going to come in this season and fix all of our problems. But if you're thinking long-term future, this looks like a really good pick. It looks like a really good pick. And we won't know. We won't know for a long time if this actually ends up proving to be a great pick. But on its surface, it seems like a really good pick. Yeah, definitely. I think it's good. Uh, You know, just for what the direction that they're trying to go, I think it's like – they 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 got a good a very good pick and Colin and, uh, and Colin, yeah. Colin brought up uh, Philip Tomasino who everyone's expecting him to be on the NHL roster next season, but Colin just brought up a really good point. We don't know if he's going to be a center. We don't know if he's ready to be a center. Mm-hmm. He might be yeah. a winger, and it, that seems pretty likely at this point. I mean, so just to kind of give you the the numbers here, and looking at the modern center prototype for the NHL, it's usually guys that are hovering around the 190s, upper 180s at the least. Uh, Svedeshkov, there we go. He uh, is currently at six six foot 187. So that gives you kind of his reference. But then Philip Tomasino, six foot 181. Svedeshkov is two years younger and still growing. So I see I see Tomasino coming into his his body a little bit because he's only he's a young kid. He's what uh, 20 years old now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you gotta look at Ellie Tolman how he transformed from 2000 was 2018 to 2021. The dude bulked up. I mean, he just had his growth spurt and, and, and was able to play at that you know, bigger weight but also still keep that speed and, and play it forward. Tomasino, to be a, a true NHL center, he's going to need to put on a little bit of muscle mass um, to be ready. I think Spezhkov, you know, he'll come over, I think, NHL ready, whereas Tomasino, I think, will slot in at wing because where he's at, you know, body-wise right now and just speed-wise, he'd make a great winger. Um, yeah. He's just not there yet as a center. So I think we see – if we see Tomasino next year, and I think we will, I think it will be at, at the wing. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Um, and also, here's another thing about it. So, I'm I, I'm of the belief that the Preds are pretty good um, defensively when, when it comes to their prospect pool. I think they have a lot of really good potential coming up through the prospect ranks. And we want to see some of that coming up. And we're going to hit on that later on in the episode with our quick hitters. We're going to talk about some uh, signings that the Preds have actually made today. We'll get into mm-hmm. that later. But the prospect pool looks pretty good right now when it comes to uh, defensemen. And so I like that they prioritize getting what they really need, and that's what the draft is all about. And, it's you know, when, when it comes to hockey, it's not like the NBA or the NFL where your first-round pick can instantly come in and just right. make an instant change. That doesn't happen in the NHL. Mo- most times it doesn't. And so – they're thinking about the future here, and so I really like the pick of Sveshkov. I do. He fits a he he fills a very big need based on his skill set, and assuming that John Hines is going to be around for a little bit, I feel like he fits his style that he wants. So I like the pick. It feels good being 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 that far back in the draft, being that no man's land of the draft. It worked out pretty good for the Predators because a lot of times, if it's a normal draft process where you have plenty of film on these scout on these uh, prospects and you kind of know what you're doing, that 19th pick is like hit or miss. You could be drafting a bus for all you know. Like it's not a perfect science, but in this year's draft, you don't know. 
You don't know for 19th pick. I mean, yeah, Owen Power went number one overall, you know, to the Buffalo Sabres. And even that was not set in stone. There were a lot of mock drafts out there that did not have him going number one overall. But he went number number one overall. And, And that first, like, I don't know if you guys watched the draft, but I got a chance to watch it here and there. I was uh, preoccupied with my uh, day job, Uh, (laughs) but uh, I did get to watch it. It was on the TV, and I got to tell you, that first 10 picks, it was very much like, who's going to go next? Who's going to go next? Like, it was was a very exciting draft. Like, there was a lot up in the air, and the teams kind of did their own thing and, and made some picks that surprised some people. You saw a lot of players slip further back than maybe what the mock drafts predicted. So I think the Predators did really good in getting uh, Fedor Sveshkov where they did. I think they did a good job. It looks good on its surface. Yeah, I agree. We were all talking. I think we were all chatting about the draft, and uh, we got we were all talking about uh, Chaz Lucius last time, or not last yeah. time, but a while back. He was on our radar. Almost got him. He was almost. Yeah. Yeah. Was we were talking about. We had a. Then, we had a. We had a. Go back and listen to the archives. Uh, we our previous episode. We had a full draft uh, episode dedicated to talking about yeah. some of the players we wanted, and um, of course, it was kind of like a crapshoot. Let's be honest. Oh, but yeah. we were talking about some players Absolutely. that we wanted, and Chaz Lucius was one of those players that almost slipped to the Preds. But I but, think I think the Preds did a really good getting who they I got, believe. who was available on the board. I don't think you can criticize the move at all. No. Like, on its face value. I read an interview or an article on their website and they, I mean, they're probably going to say this anyway, but they seem really happy with with who they picked and who they were able to pick at those positions. I mean, they even traded up to, you know, to pick 27. So, you know, that was good. Yeah, well, I think we'll, we'll get to that. Well, I, well, I got to say real quick, I think that one of the things that makes him really helpful for us is that he's probably one of the more well-rounded scouted prospects because he played in the rush yep. with, right. with the, the league. So yes. he had 30 games to his name in 2021. Not many prospects have 30 games in him uh, to point. be able to evaluate that, that talent. Very That's good true. point. I, I totally agree with that. I'm all bored with that. He did have more film on him, some of these prospects, who are going off pure talent. Like kind of like a blindfold type of thing here. Like, okay, yeah. like we think you're pretty good. We're going off the raw skills here, but you didn't get a lot of time on the ice. Uh, Sveshkov got some time. He's got he's he's got some tape on him. He's got some track record on him recently. So that's a really good point there. Let's go to let's so let's talk about how the Preds got back into the first round and ended up making two picks in the first round. And they got Zachary LaRue. I hope I'm getting that name right because when that you read right. that name, you do not want to botch that. Because, <laughs> uh, But Zachary LaRue and this guy is every part of the word that is a bulldog. Yeah. This guy does not take <laughs> crap from anybody. Don't, yeah, and don't pronounce his name best, wrong because he might hit you. <laughs> the, yeah, he might. Yeah, I'm not going to share my address with him because he might come out <laughs> and knock me out. But um, this guy right here is he, – he carries on the enforcer tag, I feel like. But he's I'll not an enforcer. He actually, he actually has offensive skill. Like, that's the best part about it. Like, he has a little bit of best of both worlds type of thing going on here. This and so, harsh, David Boyle – go ahead, Colin. This is going to sound harsh, but I, I kind of compare him to Austin Watson, both skill. <laughs> uh, well, both hey, skill. I'll take that. 
I'll take that. Sorry, but the, <laughs> the fact that the uh, Preds and uh, David Poyle traded up to get this guy just goes to show you that they valued this guy hard. They were on his draft board. And Rich just kind of said, yeah, you expect them to say this, that they're going to, they're not going to come out on, on, on an interview yeah. this open to the public and say, oh, we hate this draft pick. Of course not. Yeah. But yeah. there is some proof to the pudding here. And the fact they drafted up to get this player shows you that yes, they genuinely valued this player, and they and Larue was on their draft board, and they and Poyle saw an opportunity to go get it. So they yep. and we talked about this way before the draft. Like we're going back weeks before the for this episode right now. Draft capital. This is why you want draft capital to make moves like this so that you can have that power to go after a player that you really want. And I feel like that's kind of where the Preds were at there. I feel like they LaRue was a player that was on their draft board that they really wanted, and he would not have slipped to them in normal circumstances. They had, they had to move up to get him. And so we just got in talking about Sveshkov as their first pick. But I'm sorry. If we're doing grades on this, I'm giving an A plus to the LaRue pick. Mm-hmm. The Sveshkov pick, I'll give like a B plus, maybe a B. Like I love it, but I am all on board 100 percent for the LaRue pick. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I, I, I didn't go as high as A minus for the Sveshkov pick. And then I think it's kind of interesting. I mean, we we that wasn't early trade. We actually traded up into the third round. Um, which is interesting because uh, you know we did what we didn't want to do in the first in the first round, which is we took a defenseman. Uh, but that means to me that they really liked him too because you don't trade for so you don't trade a pick unless you really have someone right there mm-hmm. in that spot that you yeah. want. And so uh, that's Anton Olsen. And I, you know we don't really know. I mean he's Swedish, so we've had some good success with the Swedes, especially yep. the Preds. Yeah. Maybe it's our, <laughs> that's true. Our, their, yeah. their colors and our colors and their flag and our and our team colors kind of, kind of can be similar. Maybe that's why why there's some synergy there. But um, you know he's he's a defensive prospect that you won't see the ice, you know, the NHL ice at least for probably three to four years at most, or at, at a minimum, I should say. Um, but that's someone they liked. I mean, that's something they moved back into. That's the last piece that they traded for. Everything else was kind of in the pot that they picked that they were slaughtered at. So that means that he's someone that they see at least some potential in, uh, whether that's you know, being what, – what that role looks like in the future, I don't know. But it's someone that they liked enough that they want to take him there. I mean, he's added to the depth of defensemen. I mean, at the very least, I mean, I know fans did not want to take a defenseman in the first few rounds or anything like that, and I totally get that because it seems like we have a lot of them, and we do have a lot of defensemen. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's not just about the players that are going to play for you. It's about the players that you could trade um, that could be excellent trade pieces because they're that skilled at that position. So if he's that defenseman for us, maybe we see him not on our Preds jersey, but maybe we don't. Maybe he's a good trade asset so we can bring someone else in here that can help us uh, get closer to winning the ultimate prize. Exactly. Rowdy, Rowdy agrees with me. There you go. Yeah, Rowdy does agree with me. Yeah, he's, uh, I, I let him out tonight, uh, and he's joining the podcast. Hey, special guest star. Come on, come on he, he does agree with you, Colin. <laughs> That's Clearly, awesome. and he is very—he's actually a Dallas Stars fan. So, uh, hey, buddy, come on. So, yeah, he's—he's he's definitely a Dallas Stars fan. But maybe he—so maybe he's like doing some reverse psychology right now. I don't know his intentions, but uh, all right. But anyway, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you, uh, Rich. How about you, man? How are you feeling? Let's talk. Let's go back to Larue real quick. How are you feeling about that pick? Does that pick get you <clears throat> energized 
as a lot of the fan base is right now about this pick. It does. So there's some there's the good and the bad about him, and the the one of the, the bad would be the reason yes. why he slid back a little bit in the draft. So the good, uh, so he played in the QMJHL last year with the Halifax Mooseheads. So he had 33 games, 39 points he scored in those 33 games. So that's pretty strong. And then the year before he played in the Moncton Wildcats in the QMJHL, 55 games, 53 points in those games. So, you know, there's definitely, he's got some, some offensive skill, um, which is good to see. So then you get to the, the bad part. Last season, he was suspended for uh, four different times, uh, twice for fighting after a fight, uh, one time for spitting. I don't know who he was spitting at, and the other time for flipping off somebody. But they've, they've compared him to uh, Brad Marchand. Everybody hates Brad Marchand, but they would love to have him on their team. I'm, I'm the exact that's, same way. That's lofty expectations there. Well, you know, that's that's what they that's can do. Yeah. He's, he's a tough customer. He doesn't take crap off nobody, and that's how Marshan plays his game, and he's got some offensive skills. So I'm good I with will, it. I love it. I think it's great if they can just get him in and then, you know, uh, temper that a little bit and kind of uh, calm him down some and help him to pick his battles a little better, then I think it'll be good. I'm excited. I will, I will say they he clarified in his him and his agent and in actual the league the league as well clarified the spitting incident. Oh. It wasn't spitting at a person; it was spitting on the ice, um, which I think part of its code protocol is obviously. But uh, uh, it's because he got teed up by another guy who was kind of a cheap shot. They didn't call a penalty on, him. so afterwards he spit on the ice because his mouth was bloody. Oh um, wow! So I'm not really sure what you're supposed to do in that situation. Like I don't yeah. blame him, but at the same time, like he kind of feels like he's cut from that. Like this feels like a, a pick that Jordan Tutu would be, be proud of. Exactly. Like, this is this is the kind of pick that it, it works for us, especially because we're Smashville. Like anybody, any other, but anybody else, and some of the other teams might be like, eh, like okay, whatever. But that's our brand. Like our brand mm-hmm. is, we are going to make you hate playing us. Mm-hmm. We're going to make you feel some pain afterwards. And he seems like that guy that he'll make you feel pain on the scoreboard, but also he's going to make you feel pain physically with bruises that he left behind personally. I love the quote that he gave about you put a puck in the corner um, and you take any other prospect in this draft. I'm going to be the one that comes out of the corner with the puck. That's That's, great. I mean, ballsy, but you know, that's what we need. Smashville is attitude. And that's what Mm -hmm. we look for and embody. Um, And so I'm excited for him. I'm excited to see him be a, be a predator. I think it's cool too, because he he mentioned taking up for his teammates a lot, which that's something else we want to see a lot of, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I like it. Confidence you're seeing out of this. I love the confidence you're seeing out of them, uh, and and you can rein some of that in when it comes to the like. You don't want to see five minute majors constantly, but that's something you can yeah. like rein in and bring in a little bit. So you can work with that if the talent's there yeah. and the skills there and the killer is there, then you can work with uh, bringing in some of that as far as not costing the team when it comes to like maybe five minute major penalties. So um, the fact that the Preds went up and got him is a big deal. Um, Overall, you know, looking at the entire draft class, you know, you got to at least go B plus here. And that's if you're being objective. Uh, I do want to share. So I share uh, Veshkov's uh, scouting. I want to share the scouting report from uh, LaRue from elite prospects. And it's another one that's going to get you really excited. So much of his game is defined by his physicality, an enthusiastic hitter, one who's put more 
than his fair share of poor opponents into the boards or onto their asses. <laughs> he'll get under his opponent's skin after the whistles. He'll fight. He'll mix it up. His problem-solving ability through the secondary and tertiary defensive variables let him make plays where others would struggle to retain possession. That was That's from the elite prospect. That was that was from the elite prospects 2021 NHL draft guide. And so, if that doesn't get you hyped up, then I don't know what will. Yeah, that's you good. might need Boy, to look at your hockey that. card, your hockey fan I'll, card, if that doesn't get you excited. We've got a uh, Matt Hardesty in our comments. He said, "Imagine him at center on the herd line with Trenton and Janelle and uh, a friend Ooh. of the pod, uh, Kyle of uh, the Mean King himself." He actually put that yes. out there draft night. I I love everything about that. I would love mm-hmm. to see that. I mean that that line's gonna hurt some people in a good yeah. way for us. Yeah. But yeah, if you if you give him two, three years, get him ready in NHL shape and he's ready for the NHL and you put him with those guys or maybe even Olivier, like that's that's, that's gonna be a fun fun yeah. that's that's national hockey getting back to national hockey, which we haven't really seen in a long yeah. time. That'll be amazing. Getting back to it. We're getting back to that. My so that's what we pull from this draft over. That's what we pull from this draft overall, though, is we're getting back to that culture. And it takes yep. time to build that culture. And that just yep. that doesn't go just for hockey. That goes in any walk of life. If you're a leader and you're a team builder, it doesn't matter what you're leading. You gotta build a culture. You gotta build yep. something new. And so that's kind of where the Preds are at right now. They're building, they gotta. I'm not saying the culture last season was necessarily horrible. I'm not trying to throw like a lot of criticism to the players who were on that team last season, but it takes time and you got to build something new. Now this team has been rolling with the same core long time now, and the results have not lived up to it. So now you have to make a change. And that doesn't mean that these players you're changing from can't flourish in a new environment. That doesn't mean Ryan Ellis can't go to Philadelphia and have a great season. That doesn't mean that Victor Arvison can't go to L.A. and have a great season. We hope to see that. But it wasn't mm-hmm. working here, and so that's why they're not here anymore. Yeah, and I think one thing that's kind of noted, and you either you love him or hate him, right? well, maybe not. Maybe in the middle ground like I am with John Hines. But when you see the draft video, when you see them in the war room, John, this this draft has John Hines' fingerprints on it. The RFA so far, which we'll get into here in a second, has John Hines' yeah. DNA all over it. Like John Hines was in Poyle's ear the whole time. They were right next to each other. And this is a John Hines type of pick along with Svechkov as well. But that, that's kind of what they're building towards. So it's, it's you know, whether John Hines is a long-term solution, they're building this team in his image of what he wants the team to look yes. like and how he wants them to play. So, yeah. it, you know, I want I want, I want to believe in John Hines' vision. I do. At the same time, like I've been a little bit hesitant just because last year was – Touch and go, and, and UC Soros build us out a lot of games. But if it works, fantastic. If not, you know, we've got a team that's built for this guy. Hopefully whoever comes in after him can, you know, work with these pieces. But the good thing is the, the floor ceiling or the floor and ceiling talent-wise to these players we've had in the pipeline, but also these draft picks, at least the top three draft picks, I would say, is a relatively high really relatively high floor with a good chance these guys making it to the NHL uh, and contributing. So that's, that's a positive. And like, and like you're saying, Colin, like it, his his footprint is all over this draft class. So we're finally. Rich has talked about it too. You've talked about let's give this guy a chance to actually go into a full 82 game season because he came in to the 
to the uh, to the season when Laviolette got fired. He came in in January, and then he had to coach a pandemic season. So this is actually his full off season, first full off season season with the Preds. So let's like give him a chance. I get his track track record in coaching is very underwhelming. I get all that, but we got to give him a chance. We're stuck with him. We we got some players who fit his system. So let's see what happens. Like I mean, what that that's kind of where we're at with it. And so uh, I got go ahead. Colin. My final thought. My final thoughts on the draft. I will say for the draft, entire draft wise, much better coverage than the expansion draft. I'll give them that. I think they actually did a much better yes, job. I think Emily way Emily way Kaplan better. is fantastic. Yeah. Emily Kaplan is Emily, such a huge yes. asset to ESPN and the NHL coverage that they're trying to bring. Um, I hope they give her an expanded role because she deserves it. She's just, her insights are awesome and outstanding. The one thing I will say though, that I give a negative grade to is I miss the booing of Gary Bettman. Uh, I mean, we are all doing it at home. Sure. But that guy just, that guy deserves to be booed in person. That's the only way to really truly boo a man. So we'll hopefully get back to that next year. I think one other thing they should have done better was give uh, Sean Kemp a bigger t-shirt to wear. That would have been good. So we, uh, Sean uh, Kemp. Everyone go, back and, like, everyone go back. Everyone go back and listen to it if you haven't already. We did a. Uh, Colin was a. Colin was on. A, what do you want to call it? A two-week uh, injured list, injured reserve. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Ten day. Ten day. Yeah. Ten day. Yeah. Ten day DL. <laughs> we, we we put Colin on ten day DL, and, and luckily for us, no one claimed him off waivers. But um, <laughs> we did a uh, we did a live expansion episode. Me and Rich, we watched it live and. You can hear in our voices that some of it was a little cringeworthy. Cringy, um, yeah. But, you know, it's ESPN. It was still cool. I, it was awesome to see the uh, Seattle fans out there because that's a great sports market. So it was awesome, it was awesome to see that. Uh, Sean Kemp definitely needed a bigger shirt. Sean Kemp <laughs> was one of my favorite players growing up as a kid. Yeah, I was NBA was my favorite sport as a kid. And he used to dunk on people and says, get him a better shirt. Come on, people. But, um, and tell him how to and tell him how to pronounce the name that he had to read better. Yeah, he well, that we all know, well Marsh, Mar, Marshawn Lynch also uh, botched uh, Cal Yarncroke, which I'm not going to blame Marshawn Lynch boy, for boy. that. The boy, yeah. boy, Cal. I'm going to more. I'm going to more blame the production crew. Like, come on, like that was a pre-recorded segment. Like, make sure you get the guy's name right. But either way, cool, we we have we have a radio a radio host here in Nashville who still can't uh, spell Frederick Allard right. Or David Ferentz, right? So, David uh, yeah, David Ferentz. He's 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 misspelled Frederick Allard, right? Or wrong too. So, uh, anyway, so we get it. But yeah, the NHL draft coverage was amazing. ESPN yeah. did a great job with that. You saw the NHL Network with their stamp on it as well. But uh, the, the NHL draft coverage was good. So uh, let's get to our next segment here of episode 59 of the Catfish on Ice podcast with Chad Minton, Rich Howe, and Colin Bluen. We are back to full strength, and uh, we're, not the, we're not killing penalties anymore because we got Colin back. So it feels good to have <laughs> Colin Bluen back here. Again, we are presented by DraftKings, and DraftKings is my favorite sports book. I can tell you that. And right now we got the Olympics going on, and you can go ahead and – Get 100 to 1 odds if an American athlete wins a medal. I think your odds are pretty good there. So go download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. 
That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 of free credits for a limited time only at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New users only. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. We got the Olympus going on. I'm going to go ahead and need Team USA to win in basketball right now. They're kind of got me worried a little bit. They just got done losing to France. Uh, France is good. They got some NBA players. France France is ranked seventh in the in the seventh in the world, and they got the defensive player of the year on that team. So I'll give them that. But I was going to say to our listeners who are gamblers and want to gamble on the Olympics, you did a bunch of degenerates. <laughs> I support it though. But um, <laughs> if you want to, the, the I would say the hockey adjacent for summer Olympics is probably water polo. Don't don't knock it till right. you try it. Watch it. It's intense. It's water polo like, is fun. It, it, it's it's fun. And it's like soccer and hockey and water basically. So and it takes you know, a, it. it Water polo takes so much cardiovascular oh. athleticism. Mm-hmm. They're in deep pools. What they it's do? Not, they're not in the shallow end. They're playing in yeah, deep right. pools. Yeah. How they constantly swim and yeah. launch a ball at the net. I mean, it's a, it's intense. So that or uh, or you know, there's classic field hockey. So there you go. Yeah. There's also uh, there's also they're playing three on three basketball this time. That threw me That's off. Kind of three on three crazy. basketball completely threw me off. I thought I was actually watching a real basketball game, and I'm like. Why are they only showing half the court, right? Like, what's up with these camera angles? Like, Where's everybody like, else? Are the teams on the power play? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, I was really thrown off. I just thought the camera angles were off. I was like, why are they only th- showing, like, a small portion of the court right now? I was really thrown off. But 3 out 3 yeah. basketball, that's cool. I mean, we've all yeah. done that. We've all we've all go- gone to the YMCA or wherever and played pickup basketball. And so uh, I think it's – that's actually one of the events I've been more interested in, honestly. But yeah, um, are you yeah a, so are you the DraftKings Sportsbook app is easy to navigate. It's safe, secure, and reliable. So go use our promo code THPN on the Olympics, and you can win $100 in free site credits. All you got to do is, is bet on America to win a medal. And so um, I think your odds are pretty good on that. And so let's get US into the next national te- team. Yes. I, I got to give a shout out to women's women's national team playing at 4 a.m. Eastern time. If you want to be up with me, watching them, cheer them on. Yes. We got to represent. We need to stay up for that. I will stay up for it. I'm all for it. I I do the same thing with the Open and golf when it's the, when it's or the British Open. I stay up for that. Uh, yeah. I will definitely stay up to watch the Olympics. I'm all for it. So let's get into our next segment here of the of Catfish on Ice episode 59. We are trying to bring you an awesome episode because number 59 is Roman Yossi and Roman Yossi is elite and so we gotta live live up to that status tonight we hope we're doing that and guess what free agency is about to open up yep. wednesday we are filming Crazy. this podcast we are recording this podcast on a monday night and so free agency is less than 48 hours away and the preds have a lot of money to spend it's got me a little nervous it's got <laughs> me thinking like what's poil got up his sleeve i would all Almost feel better right now and more secure if we didn't have all this cap space. <laughs> I, I'm just telling you straight up. Right. I'm really worried about what Poyle's going to do. It's like you got that credit card that's uh, got a great limit on it, and you can go out and buy some buy some stuff. That's how I feel uh, like Poyle is because there's some like good stuff to sh- there's some good stuff to shop for right is. now. Poyle's po- po- in that place where. After the recent purchases he's made, I think that he needs to get his uh, I think he needs to get permission from the wife before he makes another purchase. Yes, I'll put that. But there's some good stuff on the shelves. There, <laughs> there's some good Gap stuff on the shelves, but yeah, Landis Scog flirting around out there. 
he's the number one. I feel like that's the number one one out there is, is Landon Scott. But there's some other ones out there too. What do we think the strategy should be right now for the Preds? Because they got this money to spend, but we also understand that they're not in a position to be doing this right now. I will go ahead and give you my thoughts, and then I'm going to go to Rich. But real quick, here's my overall thoughts on it. The Preds are not in a position to be going out and making bold, long-term free agency additions, even if they do have the money, because they, even if they do sign one of these big free agents, that one player still doesn't make them a Stanley Cup contender, in my opinion. They – they are a long ways off, and they got to start building that up. We just got done talking about it, building that back up again through the draft, through their prospect pool, and they're starting to do that. We're starting to get some excitement out of that. But if they go out here and do something that could blow up in their face, like going out and getting Gabrielle Landeskog, who is a outstanding player, but carries a huge high risk as well. Rich, kind of give me – give us your strategy, man. Play armchair GM for a little bit. So, I agree. I don't think they should go after a big name. They tried that a few years ago, a few times, and it just hasn't panned out. And now we're uh, paying for the consequences of those contracts. Um, you look at the money. Um, it, it is a lot of money, but there's they're still looking at the potential of Shea Weber retiring. That's going to be a $5 million cap hit. They're going to have to pay – uh, UC Soros, we're thinking, what were we thinking? Like four or five million he's probably going to want. Yeah. They're going to extend uh, Ekholm. They're going to extend Forsberg. Um, and then I think you've said it before, Chad, and then Colin mentioned it too. Uh, you got might want these guys all day, but you don't know if they're going to want to even come here. Like we're in the middle of this rebuild thing going on and um, – do you really think Landis Cog is going to want to come to a rebuild team? He's going to want to go somewhere where he has a chance yes. to win the Stanley Cup. We're not <laughs> the Preds a, are the Preds are not a very desirable location right now. Let's be honest, they're not. And and I know you can pay people a lot of money, and they'll you know that sways and them. But that's what scares us. Think, and that's what's yeah exactly. I don't think it's a good idea. Um, they still also another thing we haven't touched on. They need to go probably find another free agent goaltender. So you're going to be paying him $3 million a year probably. So it, he does have a lot of money in cap space, but that's assuming, that that's up, assuming that, but that's assuming that the organization isn't very confident in Connor Ingram, which that could, we, we could talk for 30, 45 minutes over that. Yeah. That's, well, tough, that's it. another, I mean, that that's I really it. like the top, that's really the top storyline going into free agency on uh yeah. on Wednesday is what are the Preds going to do? goaltender wise and so yeah. uh go ahead rich i'm sorry i cut you well, off there i was i was just gonna say real quick i heard an interview it was on 102.5 uh with david Poyle, and he that's one of the things he mentioned he goes you know we still need to go find a goaltender a backup goaltender so i don't know if he's we know that connor ingram's actually in uh nashville training, training. we don't know if stuff. that's what's going to be if that's what's going to happen you know you still yeah. need to have that insurance in your back pocket so yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's you look at the Kyle Turris situation, you look at now what we're still living with through Duchesne and Johansson. Mm-hmm. So I'm more favorable to Joey, although I do like Duchesne too. It's just he's not playing at the level we expect him to right. with the money he's getting paid. And then, you know, 
even the PK Subban thing, like you look at how much we you know, we sent for him. Luckily, we didn't retain any salary. That's a miracle in and of itself. Because you look at all these other contracts where people had to retain salary, but we didn't get anything back for him. So we like, kind of lost some assets. And now with Siri with the recapture, that might be something else that we're going to be inheriting that we had to go through. So that's I, I'm in that place of two to three year deals that are not you know not anything like bad, but at the same time, like in three years you're free of it, so you have this cap space again three mm-hmm. years down the road. That's kind of my mindset. Um, I actually have a list of players that I think we should go after. Awesome. I kind of put together. Awesome. Yeah, I've got Mikhail. Well, this is not necessarily in priority order, but I will say Mikhail Granlin's my top one right now just because mm-hmm. he knows the system. He plays well in it. Right um, I got Philip Denal, uh, Blake Coleman. I think that would be the one that would be kind of splashy. Might cost a little bit more. Can <laughs> I say something about Blake Coleman real quick? Go, go, go for it. <laughs> Let me get in on this. So I've been – very, very vocal about wanting Blake Coleman. I, yeah. Like, I know that Rich cannot stand the Tampa Bay Lightning, but if he doesn't play for the Tampa Bay Lightning That's anymore, right. I think Rich will actually become a bit, very big fan of this player. Yeah, you want to yeah. talk about a player who earned himself a pay raise? It was Blake Coleman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm right there with you, Colin, as far as he should be a target, but I just think he's going to be too expensive. I, 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 that's the, that was the one in this list. I've got a few more here, but that was the one in this list where I was like, all right, if we want to give him maybe a four year to five year deal with a little bit more money, potentially, I'd be okay with it just because of what he's done in the past. Mm-hmm. Being, he's, he's a Stanley Cup champion. I mean, we don't yep. have a Stanley Cup champion on the roster right now. So that's kind of my thought process is if you're going to do that with anybody, it might be him, but there's a couple other guys here. Brandon sad. I uh, wouldn't mind seeing um, TSM Mark, Eric Stahl, I'm going with a lot of forward centers. I think that's where our biggest need is right now. I think yeah. we've got a lot of defensive depth, but I think forward and center is really what we're going to need. And then there's two others that are familiar names. I wouldn't hate bringing them back on short-term deals, and that is Bones, Nick Bonino. He's a free agent. I was going to say that, yeah. And, and Freddie Goudreau, the Stanley Cup National Predators legend, Stanley Cup legend, Freddie Goudreau. Okay, Freddie Goudreau I'm not totally against. I don't want to bring Nick Benito back. I feel like we're, I feel like if we do that, we're just going back to not that he wasn't a very important part of our team. He, when he was a yeah. Nashville Predator, he was a very great player. He was mm-hmm. a really good player, actually, great player for the bottom six. But Hines liked him. The only reason that they they traded him because kind of, they like they were higher on Cunning. And I think yeah. if he's if he's if he's signing for cheaper than what we originally uh, what we originally signed him for back in 2017, like if he's if he's taking a veteran minimum. He's, a, he's got some good experience. We need we need the thing for him. That pick was less about what he's going to do on the ice and more about who's filling yeah. that void of Ryan Ellis yeah. and Pecorine. And he's yeah. a very good locker room guy, very good leader. And so that's kind of where I was like, Rich, I Rich, wouldn't hate seem, bringing Bones back. Rich, you seem kind of on board with Nick Benino too. I liked him. I was sad to see him go, but I do like, you know, that they got uh, Luke Cunning or whatever. But Benino actually had a good year last year. So, I mean, yeah. He's not done. I, I do like the He's leadership, though. Done. I think they are kind of la- – would be lacking, and he does have a Stanley Cup. So Fre- Freddie Goudreau on the cheap. I think we'd have some really irate fans if we signed Freddie Goudreau, and I think we'd have some really happy fans if we signed Freddie Goudreau. So, so another 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 player you brought up, uh, Colin, was uh, Matthias Yanmark, and he has actually been on my radar all offseason. Even mm-hmm. when the season was still going on, I, like I was looking at free agency, and I was kind of looking ahead who was going to be. Matthias Yanmark – Played for the Stars for the longest time, uh, so I kind of know him from playing for them. But then he uh, went to the uh, Golden Knights for a little bit and didn't get a lot of time. Yeah. 
And so uh, he's a player that's floating around that's still in the prime of his career. And those are, those are the type of free agents I'm looking for if I'm the Preds right now. I'm not out there shopping for over-the-hill veterans whose best days are way behind them, and they're asking for more money than they're worth, and then you bring them in to your system, and they just don't produce. I'm not in that market. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, honestly, he I think for me, what I looked at when I could watch his game is what he can do with special teams. I think that he, he's a special teamer that we desperately need. He's not going to be someone that's necessarily electric like a goal scorer, but he's good at penalty killing. He's good at doing some setups, especially in the power play. So that was kind of my, my thought process on him is he's a, a good glue guy, a good guy that will be uh, contributing more than he would on the five-on-five five in some certain special situations. Uh, I do have one goalie prospect that I'd, I'd say we can I would consider or I would at least really like to look at is Antti Ranta. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that he's been solid in, in his duty with uh, with the Coyotes, and you know, coming from Arizona, I've, I've kept up with the Coyotes who look like they are all aboard. It's not even a fire sale; it's like they're burning the whole building down. But yeah. um, I think if we needed a backup, if it's not going to be Connor Ingram, who has been training with the NHL, you know, with the Predators staff, um, I think Ranta would be a good addition and a good backup for Soros, and he's used to that role. It would be very serviceable for you know at least I would say forty, you know, thirty to forty games per year if it really came down to it, we needed it. So. So we got one more. We got one more here, and this is one we're all going to go around and talk about this. It's one that came out today. A pious uh, suitor for the Chicago Blackhawks. They somehow did not match his offer. Yeah, I didn't get that. And now he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Kind of came out of nowhere. (laughs) Very unexpected. Very, like, didn't see this coming. I know for – we know from playing against the Blackhawks how good mm-hmm. of a player this is, a good young player this is. He's a center. He's young. His best days are probably ahead of him. He's got defensive qualities to his game. He's got offensive qualities to his game. He's very much a two-way player. And our fellow podcast, the WC uh, uh, B podcast, who's been on the podcast, covers the Chicago Blackhawks on the Hockey Podcast Network. They replied to me on Twitter and said, yeah, uh, Bowman, our general manager, is an idiot, basically. He doesn't know what he's doing. I was going to ask him. To see I, the even asked him. I, I even asked him, I go, can you give me any answers on why this is happening? I'm totally perplexed by it. And they couldn't give me an answer. They were like, we don't know either, other than Bowman yeah. is an idiot. And so there's already you're already seeing a lot of teams very interested in, He's going to get so many um, bites out there on the open market, and so do we think the the, Preds? Do we think the Preds should make a move for someone like him? This is the same management that. So backtracking a little bit, we saw Columbus eight games last year, right? And we saw how Seth Jones looked, and we we saw that our team that was kind of a a team of misfits at times. We were burning Seth Jones. And this team just gave Seth Jones an eight-year contract yeah. upwards of what is it, seven point five to eight million dollars per year? Yes. And with a no movement clause, I'm not really. I, I think that there's something going on in Chicago. Either they need to put down that good that good uh, bourbon or whatever they got. They've got <laughs> into, but something. I'm a little worried about that actually. But no, I mean, if it, he's there, why not? I mean, that's that's their loss. I think that mm-hmm. he's he's. A it's guy gonna that, be a bidding you know, war, though. There's gonna be a lot of teams interested in him. I think so, and that's the thing is like if they didn't, if they even if they didn't like, see him as a long term solution or want to give him you know money, sign him and trade him like because there it is going to be a bidding war. If you can get something out of him, 
Like, why would you not do that? But they're going to let him hit free agency. That's that's their choice. But crazy. I don't get I, it. I mean, we have. I think we have the money. I wouldn't hate it. I mean, especially because no. we have the money. Um, do I think it needs to be anything outrageous? Like, if someone wants to overpay, over let them overpay. Uh, let them sink their own ship. But if it's a fair deal for us and for him, um, and he we're agreeable to it, and he wants to come to Nashville. Absolutely, I'd definitely be all, all for it. He played really well for them. Um, and honestly, I mean, they were on the cusp of being in the playoff spot. Once they kind of found out yep. the, the, what the trajectory would have been, they kind of laid off the gas a little bit. But initially in that season, the early part of the season, they were doing really well. So, I mean, I wouldn't – and he was a part of that success. I wouldn't hate it at all. Yeah, he had 27 points as a rookie, 14 goals, 13 assists, and he had a hat trick as well. But he also played yep. a lot of top six minutes. Mm-hmm, so he, he actually, because you got to think that Chicago Blackhawks team was very young last mm-hmm, season, yeah. and they still had a chance to make the playoffs up in the, up until the end there. And the Preds were kind of that team; they kind of knocked mm-hmm. them out of that. Like so, they're they're on the cusp of maybe making something happen. So the fact that you would let a player like uh, Pius Suter just walk away like this, just blows my mind. I don't get it. I'm glad I'm not a Blackhawks fan. Um, they're actually in my top two teams of teams I dislike and hate, so it actually <laughs> feels kind of nice, but I still can't make sense of it. It still doesn't make sense to me. So I don't think the Preds will be a team that actually lands him, but they should absolutely be interested and they should be shopping for it. Uh, we're going to well, follow this like- and see, see how that happens, how this all unfolds here. I feel like he's going to go to the Islanders or the Rangers. One of those two, I think, one of the two oh, New York okay. teams. Calling your they shot there. The, they have they had the money, and he he. I mean, that's they're going they're in win now mode. The Rangers, I think. Let's bring up a let's bring up another let's bring up another very <laughs> prominent name in NHL circles. They got tied to the Predators today, and that's oh, Ryan yeah. Getzloff. Oh, yeah. look at look at the looks on these people's faces here. All right, Ryan Getzloff has been tied to the Predators. Is possibly teams who are interested in him and uh we our 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 dislike for the anaheim ducks will never ever go away and Corey perry has a lot to do with that but ryan (laughs) geslov is also another player who was in that category of those pre stanley cup days where the ducks were just a thorn in our sides we beat them in the playoffs even before the Stanley Cup season, we knocked them out of the playoffs. But they were always a team full of goons. You had Ryan Kessler, who was on that team. Uh, just a team full of goons. You did not like the Ducks, if you were a Predators fan. So, Geslov, you're wondering, he's being tied to uh, possibly being a, a player that the Preds are interested in. And it has nothing to do with the player for me. It has to do with the fact that it has nothing to do with the rebuild. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah, sign absolutely. a player like no. him. Mm-hmm. So no, it, it goes against what you're going for. Adam Vinian said it very, very well on his uh, – of the athletic. Uh, he said it very well. You're going against a rebuild if you sign a player like Getzlov, and I'm, I, I agree completely. Like, what are you doing if you go yeah. out and get a player like Getzlov? Maybe he has another decent year ahead of him. Who knows? I'm not saying he's a bad player, but he does not fit what the Predators are trying to do right now. He's 36 years old, and my thing is, it depends on what kind of deal he wants to get at 36. Because you're not playing, you're not playing, so you're not playing to Charles' age. Like Charles, a rare breed. Nobody right. will be like him. I, I, I just think that maybe one year 
minimum. Like, like yeah. one year, one year veteran minimum contract at most. Even and the only reason I say that, well, the only reason I say it is it's one guy. I think that's probably your one move you're going to make, and that's it. I think you're not going to make any more moves beyond that. And it's just because you want to bring him in strictly for – At that point, where do you put him, though? Does that mean you're losing Eric Hall? Yeah. No, I think I think I think so. I would I would say so. And yeah, I'm not I'm probably, not against yeah. using Eric Halla. I, I think Eric Halla is not part of the long term future of the team. Um, it's not that I dislike Halla. I think that I wouldn't hate if we brought him back either. Yeah, I actually think something. I actually think they're going to bring Halla back. And I think that all this. I think that they're trying. I didn't mean but, I, I kind of sounded cool just saying Halla back. Halla <laughs> back. I didn't mean to sound but, that cool. But I actually I think, think they're cool. going to bring Eric Halla back. I, yeah, no. I, I think I think they will yeah. too, but I think the only reason for me that gets laughed makes any kind of sense is the same reason. I'm going to go back to a different sport here. My team, the Phoenix Suns, they brought in Chris Paul, who was a proven winner and taught the young team how to win. Gets laughed. Say what you want about him. Dude scored a thousand points in the NHL. There's not a lot of people that say they can do that, and then there's not a lot of people on our team that have been able to do that. So right. you know, if he if he's brought in, I say one year, let him show these young guys how to win and how to play the game. To be to not necessarily be you know a team that is going to be liked by everybody, but is going to be feared by the rest of the league. And then if he wants to you know go somewhere else, happy trails to him. But I wouldn't do anything more than a year. I can understand. You know, I feel that. like it's going to take it's going to take yeah. two years probably to get him. But I would say one year uh, veteran minimum for me. So in our in our chat, Matt Hardesty gave us three puke emojis. Yeah. For gets left, <laughs> and he says one year league minimum, and it's still a no for him. So. Oh, okay. Well, there's going to be a lot of Predators fans who feel that way. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, uh, especially I mean, your really long-time especially yeah. your long Predators fans who have been around since uh, the days that the Preds couldn't even get past the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The, the Ducks were one of those teams. I would say the Ducks, the Red Wings, and uh, I would even put Black the Hawks. San Jose Sharks in that category. Uh, then the Blackhawks became like a team we couldn't get past for a little bit. But the Ducks are one of those teams that for Predators fans, it doesn't matter how bad the Ducks are, we still hate them. And so you attach that to Getzlov. And so um, it would be really hard sell. It'd be a really hard sell for Predators fans if Getzlov is introduced as a free agency signing. It's going to be a really hard sell. For context, that before there were banner jokes, there were Anaheim doesn't fill the seats and stands before the third period because they didn't. Yeah. I mean, people in LA didn't show up to those games, until but they were goons. Way through the second period, oh, second period. That, they, that Ducks they were team, goons. I know you remember they were goons, and Getzloff oh, was they a were. goon. Getzloff oh, was they were. one of them. But yeah, I also I, said this. I also said this. Getzloff is one of those players that you hate him unless he's on your team. Exactly. And so exactly. Uh, we yeah. have, it's not necessarily that he's a dirty player. He plays within the rules of the game, but he is a goon. I will call him he'll a goon, bully, but he's also very skilled. But I'll go back to this. The reason why I don't want Gesslaw, it has nothing to do with the name. It has nothing to do with the jersey that he's played for. It's I don't think he fits the mold of this team. And going back to this free agency talk to wrap this up, this segment, uh, all the free agents that I'm looking at and a lot of the free agents that you brought up, Colin, are younger players who hopefully still have their peaks ahead of them. So, And if you can't find a player who's willing to do that, then I think the Preds just have to forge ahead with what, with what they do and deal with the consequences. Maybe we're not a good team next year. We probably don't make the playoffs, but you grow as a team. 
you build that experience with your younger players, you deal with it. Even if you add a player like Getzloff or you add a uh, some of these free agents, it's not going to magically fix this team and make them a Stanley Cup contender, which is what we all ultimately want to see in Nashville. And so yeah. it's going to be a long process no matter what happens here. And yeah. so uh, that's kind of where we're at with it. But uh, there's definitely – it's going to be fun. It's going to be very mm-hmm. interesting. I will say I'm going to be on the beach in Tampa Bay, St. Petersburg area Ugh. when free agency opens. So I will do my best under the sun to keep up with all this. But uh, knowing my luck, the Preds will do something crazy like sign Alex Ovechkin when I'm on the beach not paying attention. <laughs> and then I wake up the next day in my hotel room and everyone's like, where have you been? Alex Ovechkin's on the Preds now. And I'm like, oh! <laughs> Oh but, uh, boy! But either yeah, way, I don't know about that. Either way, we're gonna keep we're gonna we're gonna keep an eye on it. Uh, we can't wait to watch what happens with that. So uh, I think all three of us are kind of on the fence of let's go ahead and be cautious about this and not be overspenders here. Uh, we feel pretty confident in what the vision seems to be for this offseason. Let's not screw it up by getting tied up with some long contract. I think that's where we're at yeah. with it. Don't mess up the competitive rebuild. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Which has been thrown around a lot. Competitive rebuild. Whatever that is. Quote, unquote. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that means. Whatever that means. Competitive rebuild. Going into this, we all know David David Poyle never changes his mind or changes what he's doing, right? So, And that's that's what scares me. That's what (laughs) scares me. I feel like Poyle is literally sitting in his lofty office somewhere, and he's about to throw us all for a loop. I feel oh, like he's, he's thinking that. He's thinking, I got the fan base comfortable. They're thinking it's a youth movement. Watch this. And he, and he, already, he already told a certain local radio host that he, with all due respect, I know more than you. And guess what? With all due respect, <laughs> he, he knows. And with he all does. due respect, with all due respect, he knows more than we, all three of us do as well. And so, more than uh, anybody knows. Yes, and so we have, that just means that we have to wait and see what he's about to pull out here. And so I'm all for it. It's going to be exciting. Mm-hmm. It's going to be intriguing. So we'll see what happens on Wednesday with that. Let's go into our quick hitters of episode 59 of Catfish and Ice, brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Hockey Podcast Network with Chad Minton, Colin Bluen, and Rich Howe back at full strength on the podcast. Before we know it, the season will be here, so yep. we're getting primed right now. We're getting you primed up here, and so let's let, let's wrap up with some quick hitters here. Let's start off with Team USA, the Winter Olympics, and Mike Sullivan, the coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins, another team just like the Anaheim Ducks that we cannot stand. But guess what? You got to show respect where where respect is due, and Mike Sullivan, in my opinion, is one of the top coaches in the NHL. And he is oh, yeah. going to be the head coach of Team USA. So that's pretty cool. I remember when there was talk of P- the Pittsburgh not retaining him, which I thought was crazy because the dude's won. And even in, the, in a down year last year, he still has a very competitive team. Yeah. The dude knows his hockey. I think that's a move you don't make unless they're going to be getting NHL players in the Olympics. Right. I know it's been up in the air, but that move tells me that – and for those that have been kind of trying to keep up with, are there going to be NHL players in the Winter Olympics – they released a schedule right now where there is room. There is a, a break for the Winter Olympics. Yes. I think that move is made because that's it's a it's going to be official pretty soon here that they're going to allow the players to play. The players want to play. They want to represent their countries. 
Um, I, I think it's an awesome thing. I think it's even better than we had the World Cup a couple of years ago, and that was really cool to see. But I think this is even better of an opportunity. Um, and he's a great coach for it. I think the players, the yep. league around the league, respect him, uh, respect what he's done. Especially if he's gonna, if he needs someone that knows Sidney Crosby, knows how to beat him, because that's gonna be our main competition. Um, again, you know, other than Russia, maybe uh, Ooh, Finland. Ooh, that's a good point. We need someone who can, who can, t- who's a tactician. You can say, here's how you can neutralize Sidney Crosby. Here's his weak points, because we all remember a couple of years ago when we lost, and, that, and I, I thought that BS goal in overtime on Sidney Crosby. Well, this is this is I the revenge tour for U.S. hockey. Let's get. It. Let's he's, get he's, the great, he's the perfect. I think he's the perfect coach for Team USA. I love it. I've always respected him um, as a head coach. He's one of those coaches where I'm like. Why do you have to be the coach of the P- Pittsburgh Penguins? Like, <laughs> I want to like you so much, but uh, he's a good guy. He's I really guy. respect him. Yeah. I like his. Uh, he's very much. He almost carries himself like Peter Laviolette, very quiet, very stoic. Um, I think he's a little more like, approachable than Peter Laviolette, but I agree. I can, yeah, I can. I can, I can, I can but, see that. But you get what I'm saying, though. Behind the bench, yeah. he's very stoic. Like, I guess the word yes. I would use about yes. it. But I really, I know he's very highly respected. Obviously, yeah. he is. Otherwise, he wouldn't get this role. So it's pretty awesome. Rich, uh, what do you think about that? Uh, Mike Sullivan, a Team USA coach. I'm just excited to have hockey back in the Winter Olympics. Like, I love yes. watching the Winter Olympics. I love – I like it way better than the what's going on now. The snowboarding, the whole deal, but just it's going to make it even better. Just Curling. Curling. <laughs> it's one of my favorite. Hey, man. If you've never watched curling – if you've never watched curling, watch curling and how intense that gets. Yeah. Shaving the, the ice US, to get a freaking little disc to stop in a perfect little spot. Yeah. Oh, the, U, the U.S. women's hockey team. The U.S. women's hockey teams. Are, yeah. Yes, that too. Yeah. It's, I can't they're, they're gonna be, they yes. got to pre- protect their titles. So, yeah. I like the event where they, where they ski and then they have to stop and shoot. I don't know what that's called. But like they ski a bunch and then they stop and they have to shoot guns and then they ski some more. It's that sounds cool. intense. Yeah. I like I, it. I, I, right. I forget what it's called, but I like that too. Yeah. yeah, I like that too. Right. But I'm just Let's excited our- to have it back. I think it's awesome. Let's yeah. go to our next quick hitter here. Uh, so the Preds made some pretty minor signings today, but signings nonetheless. Some two-way contracts here. Uh, Freddie Allard, Jeremy Davies, and Ben Harper. So uh, that was one way. Well, Harper's one way. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. All right, so but Freddie Allard, I think, is the one that uh, most people are, are pleased with. Jeremy Davies, I think you all have to be happy about that. Ben mm-hmm. Harper, uh, so I don't much. think people are know. too happy about that. But the fans aren't what the coaches are. I mean, that's the thing is yeah. like Ben Harper was loved by the coaches, but by the fans, are like, why is he still on the ice at times? And it, it's kind of those things, especially because he's a one year deal. So if you if you send him down, he's got to clear waivers, and if he does, if he you know. Maybe someone yeah, else will want him in that situation. Look, but, I mean, looking at these but, signings here, I mean, Frederick Allard, you're waiting for him to make that next step to the NHL. He hasn't done that yet. You I'm expect surprised. him You expect him to be a key cornerstone of Milwaukee. Uh, Jeremy Davies, he has gotten some NHL time and looked mm-hmm. pretty good in limited time. So you'll have to – Jeremy Davies is a player that you're going to be uh, looking at in training camp to see if he can yeah. actually – maybe get a opening night uh, starter spot. We'll see. I liked him. I liked him more than Ben Harper. Honestly, the one yeah, that, the one that yeah. did surprise me was Freddie Allard or, because Freddie had so many opportunities. And it's like when, when there were, there were times where when he did get the opportunity, he looked good. And it's like, why is he not 
why are we not seeing more of him? Why are we seeing more of the likes of a Ben Harper and then later on yeah. a good Branson, which thank gosh, thank God we didn't bring him back. Have yeah, we? that was weird. I got, my, I hey, ask, all I'm saying is all I'm saying is on my NHL twenty one uh franchise roster, Freddie Allard is a beast. And yeah. he's, Take a, that he's a good hockey work. player. He's a good hockey yeah. player. I got. I got to ask. Video game. It's it's on the video game, but he's a beast on the video game. All right. I was going to ask you guys since it was all the ten day DL. Do we have a, a memorial ceremony for our, uh, Lucas Pisa? <sighs> I don't even want to talk so, about hey, it. Hey, I, I actually got to say something really funny. I noticed this online <laughs> today doing some research. I was on Puckpedia. And they have a little uh, spot on the National Predators page where it shows like uh, injury report type of stuff, and it literally has listed the exact date that Lucas Spiza is expected to return, and it was September fifteenth, two thousand twenty-one. So, Rich, oh put the countdown on your calendar. September fifteenth, two thousand twenty-one is when Lucas Spiza shows his face to us, and he I'm shows ready. he's a real person. Is he, he's, I mean, his contract is up though, isn't it? Or is he still? I, I, thought, so. I, just, I just thought it was. I just thought it was hilarious. That they had the exact date of September fifteenth, two thousand twenty-one. Is when Lucas will return. I vaguely remember him playing, and I do not remember he, he played when one he got game. hurt. One game. <laughs> he must have got like drilled, and I just missed it because like. Been out this whole time. I mean, it's crazy. I feel like, I feel like it's got to be a practice, like one of those freak he practices. Needs a, games, um, but he needs a special on one of those crime shows where it's like missing person, like like Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> unsolved Mysteries needs to take on an episode for Lucas Pisa and find him. I think I'm going to get a jersey. Well, I'm just going to get one yeah. made and I'm going to wear it to a Predators game and just you see how do. You'll be something. the most popular person in probably I know, in right? the area It'll because be cool. you'll they be the only one wearing one. They probably have them in the pro shop, but they're on the discount yeah. rack and you get them for like 20 yeah. bucks. They're Adidas, so I mean, yeah. It'd be good right, for the go. laugh. All right, we're going to our last quick hitter of the night before we wrap, before we wrap up episode 59 of Catfish on Ice with Chad Mitten, Rich Howe, and Colin Bluen. And that is, we're going to step away from hockey real quick to wrap up this episode and talk about another Nashville team, another Nashville team that represents the same colors, basically, and a team, if you're a Predators fan, I can almost guarantee you you're probably a fan of this team. That's Nashville SC. They are taking over. They're they're taking over my timeline on Twitter. And oh, rightfully yeah, so. Mm-hmm. They are second place right now in the Eastern Conference. Mind you, they are in their second year out of expansion. And they went to the playoffs last year and had a great team. They had a great team before they made the jump to the MLS. I've been to two Nashville SD games. And I can tell you it is addictive. It is entertaining. The diehard fans of Nashville SC – will bring you in with open arms, even if you know nothing about the sport, which is what they did for me. And Nashville SC is taking Nashville by storm. They won this past weekend against uh, Cincinnati. The game, yeah. I uh, yep. another game before that, they had a player who had a hat trick in the first mm-hmm. 14 minutes. That's, guy, yep. He's on Rocco Grimaldi level there. 
So he, uh, he was the fastest fastest hat trick in MLS history, which is pretty awesome. But, insane. No, this they're, team their their tailgates beforehand are pretty epic, from what I've heard. Um, also, I mean, their the, chance, the team itself. They have just, some. I, I know soccer is normal with the chance, but Nashville SC has some really catchy chants. And oh, yeah. um, if you can, I mean, I'm I'm a diehard NFL fan. I grew up playing football, and football is king. But if someone walked up to me right now and said, "Can I?" What what should I go to first, a Nashville SC game or a Titans home game? I would be very very hard pressed to say go to a Nashville SC game because it, yeah. the atmosphere is mm-hmm. electric. The fans are amazing. Mm-hmm. They're so nice. They're so welcoming. The chance, the passion, all that stuff is just awesome. No, it's it's a great environment, great team. The way they're constructed is awesome. The way they built that team, there's a lot of depth because we're missing a lot of guys for international play, which reminds me, Walker Zimmerman uh, is playing for USMT. He's actually injured right now, so hopefully he gets healed up pretty quick. But now, FC Cincinnati, for those who don't know, are the rival of Nashville SC. Uh, I talked a lot of smack. I used to live in Cincinnati, and I would rock Nashville SC gear around town just to kind of talk some smack just because they, 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 they make fun of hot chicken, which I have a love for hot chicken, as you guys know very well. Yeah, oh yeah. But yes. And then but they they but they hang their hat on this chili, cinnamon chili basically. Oh, I'm sorry, garbage. I'm gonna go ahead and say it for all my for all my former students if anyone's listening, that chili's trash. I'm sorry. I, I gotta it say it. It doesn't matter if it's gold star, it doesn't matter if it is skyline, it is nasty chili. You garbage. can keep it hot chicken all day, every day over that nastiness. But Absolutely. no, I mean, it, it, it's, it, it's a great family. It's a lot of my friends are in there. They're, they're part of the back line. Um, and, and I've seen some of this, what they've been doing. The, the, the tailgates are epic. Apparently they make bourbon cocktails with tailgates. Um, that's pretty awesome in and of itself if you like bourbon, but no, they're building something special. And I can't wait to see them get into the, the their own, uh, you know, their own grounds. It's going to be awesome when they break, uh, when they finish out at that stadium, it looks beautiful mm-hmm. so far. Um, but I mean, they're building something special and to be where they're at in the MLS and the standings, second place in the standings after a very successful year last year. Um, it's great. I kind of want to see more of a rivalry cultivated with Atlanta United now that I live in Atlanta. Um, it makes more sense. I have more hey, respect for Atlanta. That United rivalry is building quick. Yeah, it is. That rivalry we, is we, building so, quick. So many draws that we, and the games that we probably should have won last year's, but I, I, I yeah. like Atlanta United. I respect them more than I expect FC Cincinnati. So uh, I'm kind of hoping for that, but no, National SC has been doing awesome. Um, I, I've seen nothing but good things. Yeah, and they've got a uh, soccer Moses. That's pretty cool too. Yes, and so fun fact about him: for those are the the music lovers, yeah, uh, listen to the podcast. He is actually the guitarist from Jars of Clay. Yeah. So if you remember Jars of Clay from back in the day, I shouldn't say back in the day; they're still making music. They're, yeah. they're making some good music, but uh, awesome band. But they're he's the guitarist from them. So we yeah. got a celebrity who dresses up as Moses mm-hmm. and shreds in the guitar. I yep. mean, what, what, what more could you want in the sport? I mean, I know. that's so that's so natural. That, and when you the perfect the, the way I knew that they really that they were embraced by the same nationals when people started criticizing the soccer Moses guitar riff. I'm like, of course, because they're going to criticize if it, when when national sports get criticized, that's when you know they're embraced by national. We were criticized for the anthems that yep. we had with all the celebrities. We criticized for the banners. Like once you start getting criticism as a team in Nashville, that's when you know you made it. So that's right. we'll take exactly. it. Yeah. Well, Nashville, Nashville. Is, Nashville SC has definitely made it. All right, guys, that's going to do it for episode 59 of the Catfish and Ice Class. I'm heading to the beach. We will fun, see you man. next week. For ep- we will see you next week for episode 60. Uh, we will have plenty of reaction to whatever the Preds do in free agency. Please follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram at Catfish Ice. Again, this is Edmonton with Rich Howe and Colin Bloon. We will see you next week. Thanks for following along. 
Thanks for listening. And have a great week, everyone.